Hey church, so we have two Bible readings tonight. Our first Bible reading will be coming from 1 Chronicles 16, verses 23 to 36. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among the peoples. For great is the Lord, most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let the trees of the forest sing. Let them sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Cry out, save us, God our Savior. Gather us and deliver us from the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Um, our second reading comes from Revelation 7, verses 9 to 17. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to the springs of the living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Well, thank you, Charlotte, and good evening, 7pm Church, and a very warm welcome to those joining us online tonight. It's great to have you with us. My name's Ed. If we've not met, I'd love to meet you afterwards, and I'm the Congregational Pastor 
of this our 7 p.m. service and also the missions pastor of our church. And tonight we are launching, as Ali said, the year of loving the nations. So if you have a Revelation book in your hands, you are prepared for next week. So bring that along with you. But if you've got a bookmark in your hand, then you are right and ready to go for tonight. But we're going to get to those a little later. Uh, 2022, the year of loving the nations. Why, why love the nations in 2022? It's a strange it's a strange thing to do. You can't even get to the nations. And if you can get to the nations, you probably can't even get home. So why love them in 2022? Uh, you, you might have noticed as you look at world news, nations, they're turning in on themselves, aren't they? Turning inward, protecting their borders, keeping others out, protecting their citizens. I get a sense that racism is on the rise. Extremism seems to be gathering traction with disenfranchised people all around the world. Why love the nations? In 2022, church. Well, we want to love the nations because of what God is doing amongst the nations. We are sitting here as a church in in the Western world where statistically the church is in decline. But you need to be strengthened and encouraged by the fact that God is wonderfully on the move amongst the nations. So in the nation of China, it's reported that 10,000 people become believers in Jesus every day. Isn't that remarkable? In Iran, in the year, 20, uh, in the year 2000, there were 10,000 converts to Christianity from Islam. Uh, 20 years later, there are a million converts to Jesus Christ from Islam. It is the fastest growing evangelical movement in the world. In Nigeria... Uh, after World War I, the Anglican Diocese of Nigeria was established. A hundred years later, that diocese is now the largest Protestant gathering of Christians anywhere in the world. Today, 20 million Nigerian people will gather to worship Jesus in churches across that nation. And it's not just the big statistics, because it's not just the big moves of God out there, but We get a a taste of what God is doing in the intricate lives of people through our 24 church global mission partners. Like Morgan and Olivia, who are 7pm congregation mission partners, they're serving God in the Middle East, in a part of the world where 80% of residents of that city are foreign workers, many of them from hard-to-reach nations with the good news about Jesus. And they're coming across Morgan and Liv and their church, a church of now 1,000 people, where 40% of the members of that church weren't Christian three years ago. So new believers. That church has a Bible college. They're training people up and equipping people to go back to their nations, transformed, ready to share the good news of Jesus wherever they go. Or Matt and Lisa Pearson, uh, serving Jesus in the Northern Territory in Gunbalanya in Arnhem Land. They are serving Jesus there where the scriptures have been translated into Gunwingu, the, the native dialect. And for the first time in these people's history, they are hearing God's good news in their own native tongue. Friends, God is on the move around our world and, and we need to have our hearts strengthened by that in a year like 2022. But not only do we want to love the nations because of what God is doing, but also because of what God will do. Tonight, as Charlotte read to us, we have been given a vision of the future, 
a foretaste of where this world is heading. Does anyone here remember the movies Back to the Future? Some of us are old enough, aren't we? In, that, in those movies, that trilogy, there was always a newspaper or a, a letter or a book that was brought back from the future that meant that everything would be completely different, that everything needed to change, that Marty McFly and Doc had amazing adventures to get involved in because they knew what was coming. Well, Revelation 7, I'd love you to have it open with me. Revelation 7 is like a newspaper headline that announces the future from the final day of mankind, the final day of of human history. It says this, God has done it. People from every nation, tribe, people group, language gathered around the throne of God. Let's have a look at it. God has done it. God has done what? God has kept his promise. A promise he made to a friend of his 4,000 years ago, a man named Abraham. Over in the Middle East, he said to Abraham, his friend, step outside your tent, Abraham, and look up into the starry night sky. Abraham looked up and it was one of those nights you might have experienced. You're miles from anywhere and everywhere you look, it's just star upon star upon star. And he must have thought to himself, there could be millions, billions of stars out here. And God said, as many as there are stars in the sky, Abraham, so will your descendants be. Those who have faith like you will be children of faith. They will be my children. And I will keep that promise. And friends, salvation history, the story of the Bible and how God has worked in human history has been working out time and time over time and all circumstances towards that end. And John stands here with a vision of the end time. Verse 9, after, after this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. There it is. God has done it. God will complete this salvation story. And it's important for, for you and I to know that because there will be a countless multitude in glory. We, we sit in small churches, you know, a city of 5 million people from Sydney. Why are there not more people in churches all across our city? But friends, though our churches may not be that full, heaven certainly will be. A measureless multitude is heading for heaven. And where do they come from? It's a second question. Where are the nations from? Verse 9 continues, they will come from every nation, tribe, people, and language. That's our catchphrase for the year. Every nation, tribe, people, language. Let me tell you a bit about them. Every nation. There are 197 nations in our world. The church, the body of Jesus Christ, exists in every one of those nations. Praise God for that. There are believers in every nation. Tribes and people groups. There are 17,000 tribes and people groups, but 7,000 of those people groups remain unreached with the good news of Jesus. That's about 2 billion people. Languages. There are 7,378 languages worldwide, and only 717 of them have this, a Bible fully translated in their own dialect. Two and a half billion people have no complete Bible in their language. They might have snippets, they might have gospels, other parts. But yet still, 1.5 billion people have 
Zero Bible. Not even John 3.16 in their own native tongue. But friends, God has said that there's not an island too remote, not an unreached people too hard of heart or foreign to my good news, no obscure language group too difficult for him to reach out and claim children for himself. He will do it from all people everywhere. God loves the nations and his plan is to invite them to a giant heavenly salvation party, the greatest party that has ever existed. Imagine the noise when that measureless multitude call out in one voice the words of verse 10. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, that is Jesus. When I used to live in Erskineville, I had a neighbour there who had lived there for over 30 years and he loved to tell me the stories of how the suburb had changed and one of his favourite stories was of the time when the Rolling Stones came to play at the Enmore Theatre. He said that they turned the music up so loud that the streets of Newtown literally bounced to the beat of the music. And you don't have to like rock and roll to know that would have been a good concert to be part of, wouldn't it? But the rolling stones of the Enmore pale into insignificance compared to this, the climax of human history that you and I and people from every nation are invited to be part of. Take a look at this interesting picture up on the screen. This is called the Great Chain of Being. It's an attempt of 16th century Christians to depict all of life, right from God at the top down to minerals at the bottom. It's hard to see, but let me talk you through it. In the middle at the top, you've got God on his throne and beneath uh, at his feet, Jesus, the lamb looking as if he'd been slain. Around that throne are the four living creatures and the cherubim and seraphim, the highest angelic beings, the highest spiritual beings that God has made. Underneath them is a big row, a row of angels, archangels and angels. Underneath them is humanity, you and I. I think it's a pretty good attempt to put all of life on one page. Well, here's the thing. Every single person above us, every spiritual being, every great power in all of creation, when they gather around the throne of God, are brought to breathtaking wonder before him. Read with me verse 11. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, praising him with the best attributes and and character traits that that we can imagine. Praise, glory, wisdom, thanks, honour, power, strength be to our God forever and ever. Friends, there is no greater celebration than this salvation party around the throne of God and it brings the highest beings in all of earthly existence to to breathless wonder, not just to their knees but flat on their faces. And Revelation chapter 7 is saying you've got to be there. You've got to be part of it and you've got to bring everyone you can along with you because it's going to be epic. So how do you get a ticket? Well, one of the elders uh, assumed that John must have been thinking such. So verse 13, he, he asks John, these in white robes, who are they? Where do they come from? 
Well, you're the one showing me the vision, John replies. Sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation, who have triumphed, who have overcome, who have persevered, kept the faith, finished the race. And they have, made, uh, they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Now, if you own a washing machine, you know the irony of that statement because white robes and red blood do not mix. Why is it that every time you go to someone else's house, that's where you always spill the red wine on the white carpet? We went on holidays to a family member's house in the recent holidays, and on day five was the Great Cocoa Pops disaster. George, my middle son, ended up with a near full bowl of Cocoa Pops in his lap and on the white chair cushion. So I did what any amateur cleaner would try and do, and I wiped it and made it worse. So I, I took the cushion and I put it in the Miele washing machine, the gold standard of washing machines, pulled it out, stain still there. Put it back in again, pulled it out, it's now a deformed cushion with an even more stubborn stain. And you who have the spiritual gift of stain removal, you're thinking there's only one thing that you needed, Ed, a cold water soak in nappy sand. Friends, as you walk through God's world, you and I gather the muck and mess of our sin. It stains us. It corrupts us. It covers us with filth. And you can make your life look pretty and good to everyone else, but God sees your heart. And on the fabric of every human heart is the stain of our sin and rebellion against Him. And there is only one thing in all of the universe that can wash out the stain of sin. It is only the blood of Jesus. Only God himself can forgive the hurt that our sin causes to his heart. Only God himself can cancel the debt that our sin accrues against him. Only God can, can turn away from the anger that our rebellion arouses in his heart and his mind. You know the, the song that we sing, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It feels good and right to say it here in a church in Sydney where we're all generally consenting with that, but this is universally true. There is nothing but the blood of Jesus that can make you right with God, and that is also true in Tiananmen Square in China. It's true for all 1.5 billion nationals of the nation of China. Nothing but the blood of Jesus will bring peace with God is true for all 800 Hindus in India. Nothing but the blood of Jesus is true for all of the residents of all the 6,000 inhabitable islands of Indonesia. Nothing but the blood of Jesus will get you into heaven. It cuts when you start to think of it like that. It's confronting. It's, it's difficult to hear. It's hard to reason with the implications of this. And I think it leaves us with three choices. Uh, we, could, we could ignore that truth or, or dismiss it. We could say it's just fundamental Sydney Anglican thinking. Or, or we could just uh, be one of those people who doesn't like to think about the hard things. Just make crack a joke, bring up something different. 
If you are someone who wants to ignore this truth, you're going to have a hard year at this church because we're going to keep banging this drum that people from every nation need Jesus. You could uh, water this truth down. You could say, you know, God is a merciful God. Surely he will be merciful to the peaceful Tibetan Buddhist. Surely he will be uh, kind to the Malaysian Muslim. Or you can accept that difficult truth with all its implications and you can let it stir your heart to action and drive you out to go and, and tell the people in your lives and go and tell everyone, anyone you can find, go and play your part in sharing the gospel to the ends of the earth. And friends, we've got to go bigger than just those we know. Listen to this scary statistic. If every Christian told every non-Christian person the good news about Jesus, there would still be 3 billion people who don't hear. It can't just be your friends. We've got to aim bigger. We've got to go to the ends of the earth. There is work to do, isn't there? There is a lot to do. Have you noticed when the book of Revelation depicts people entering into heaven, which it does time and time again, it pictures that that moment where people come through. It never depicts people checking into a holiday lobby to their new vacation location. No, when, when Revelation depicts people entering into heaven, they are collapsing through the door like workers just exhausted, from a day of backbreaking labour, people triumph into heaven. People overcome the world. People, people stand firm to the end. They get there. They don't give up. Friends, there is great comfort that is coming. God has offered us this picture of perfect comfort. Uh, verses 15 and following are a picture of the good comfort that awaits us. But I want to pick up on two words that I think really powerfully remind us of just how good the comfort that is coming will be in heaven. Verse 16, they're there. Never again. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. What are the things you want to stick those two words, never again, in front of. Never again will they fear COVID. Never again will they have to wear a face mask. Praise God. Never again will they be in isolation. Never again will they lose loved ones. Never again will they suffer, experience pain, hurt, heartache. Never again will they be ridiculed, mocked, despised, rejected because of trusting in Jesus' name. Never again will they be held back, sidelined, put aside because they're standing firm on convictions about Jesus Christ. Friends, never again. That is God's great hope for you. What do you want to put those words, never again, in front of? Well, it will happen. Jesus, the great shepherd who leads us through this life, is leading us there. Verse 17 the Lamb, Jesus, will lead us to springs of life-giving water. Refreshment is coming, rejuvenation, restoration. For God himself at that point will wipe every tear from your eyes. What a hope. What a great vision we've been given of this measureless multitude, finally comforted, 
finally washed and, and worshipping around the throne. And here's the thing. God's going to do this. God will do it and he'll do it with you or without you. So will you play your part? Will you get involved in where human history is heading? Will you be part of what God is doing amongst the nations? Will you play a part in the year of loving the nations? For those who are up for it, let's think about how. I've got this little bookmark. I'm sorry if you didn't get one tonight. Where There's stacks around and they'll come to you over the coming weeks. Grab out this bookmark. Here's four ideas of ways that you can partner with us in loving the nations in 2022. The first is pray. <clears throat> we want to we want to ask every person in our church to pray for a nation. Choose one nation of the earth and research it. Understand its gospel context. Understand what is going on there, what opportunities there are, who is already working there and how you can pray for them. So tomorrow in your email inbox will be an opportunity, an invitation to sign up to pray for a nation. We want to cover all 197 nations. We could do it four times over as a church. So uh, as a resource that we'll give you as well will be a resource called Operation World, which can deliver prayer points for all the nations of the earth into your inbox if you want, or you can specifically research that nation that you've chosen and find out how you can be praying for them. Secondly, partner. Our church has 24 global mission partner spots. We've got three vacancies at the moment. So there are 21 current partners serving Jesus all over the world. We want everyone to partner really deeply and sincerely this year with one of our mission partners. If you're in a connect group, your connect group is going to be assigned a mission partner to partner with. What that's going to look like, we want you to have their photo, sign up for their newsletter, pray for them regularly, and think of one way this year you can reach out and encourage those mission partners and bless them. Uh, if you're not in a, a, a connect group this year, we'd love you to choose to partner with our cross-congregational mission partners. So across our church broadly, we have four big mission partners. Well, three, one's still coming. Uh, we've got Voice of the Martyrs serving persecuted Christians in Vietnam. We've got Compassion, releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. Child sponsorship, mostly focused in central Java, Indonesia. And we've got Anglicare, prison chaplaincy in Long Bay Jail. We're working with a prison chaplain who's going into Long Bay to serve and share Jesus with inmates. Across our congregation here at 7pm, there's two mission partners you're going to hear about each month, uh, each second month you're going to hear about them. The first is Ben and Sally. They're up on the screen above me. Well, that's Morgan and Olivia. There's Ben and Sally. Ben and Sally are serving Jesus in southwest Sydney amongst Muslim people sharing the peace and hope of Jesus. Uh, they went to uh, Jordan for three years to study culture, language, so that they could reach people who have come to our own nation. They are doing amazing work, and we can partner with them in God's work in southwest Sydney. The others are Morgan and Olivia. I told you a little bit about them before. Their family have relocated to the Middle East. It's a secure location, uh, but they are working in this church, and Morgan is a Bible teacher training up pastors and, and just evangelists to go back to unreached nations. You're going to hear much more about them over the coming um, weeks and months. We love you to partner sincerely in 2022. Last two, I'll be quick. Give and go. We want you to put your money where your heart is. 
when you do put your money places, it's interesting how your heart goes after it, isn't it? So keep giving to our church, give generously, and a percentage of our budget goes towards these 24 global mission partners. Uh, So we can do more work together as a church as we partner in that way. And then go, we want you to do something about this. We want you to take a step forward in loving the nations this year. Uh, The nations have come to us, haven't they? People from every nation, uh, almost every nation, are represented in Australia, and many come to our everyday English ministry on a Wednesday. We'd love you to consider serving there uh, in our everyday English ministry. Or connect with uh, a mission conference. Go on a missions conference or or play your part in in some good work in a regional mission this year. Go do something brave this year as we love the nations. Here's a moment of honesty, church. The year's just begun, and I'm actually already tired. I don't know about you. So are we just giving you another thing to do, another thing to add on to a list of things that you've got no motivation to commit to? The thing is, you've got to keep going, don't you? We know that in this time of our lives, you've got to keep going. And you're going to give yourself to something. So why not chuck yourself on the train tracks of where God is directing human history? Why not get involved in what God is doing amongst the nations this year, just in one way? Reach out, be brave, be bold. Get on board with what God is doing and where He is heading this world and this this earth and all people towards. Friends, Our God is on the move. God is working amongst the nations. Let's pray that God would give us hearts that are ready to take our part in what He's doing and to serve Him amongst the nations. Let's pray as we close. God of every nation, You will do it. People from all nations, tribes, people, groups and languages have their names written in Your book of life. They will be gathered around your throne in heaven. So please, Lord, use us. Help, just, help, help us just help some people get there and be amongst that celebration. For those of us who are fired up and ready to serve, give us meaty and meaningful acts of service by which we can love the nations this year. For those of us fearful, Lord, fill our hearts with your love for the nations. Capture our minds with the excitement of what you are doing and fill us with courage by your Holy Spirit. For those of us indifferent, Lord, shake us out of our complacency so that we don't arrive at last in heaven amongst that measureless multitude and realise that we might have wasted our lives. Lord, help every member of the Bridge Church love the nations in 2022. For the glory of your Son, Jesus, around whose throne we will gather and worship and celebrate for eternity. In his powerful name we pray. Amen.